verse 3, Paul writes, he says, I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, that means genuine faith, that is in thee, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice. And Paul says, I am persuaded that it's in you also. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Father God, we approach your divine throne tonight with divine expectancy, asking, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit would have his way in this meeting tonight. May your word come forth in divine power. May your grace prevail. May Jesus be revealed tonight. Father, may you be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. I want to uh, start a new uh, series of teaching tonight. But I want to go to our foundational text, the thing that we've been using uh, as our foundational text, uh, Isaiah chapter 41. I want to refer back to that. Every time we go to a new series, I want to always refer to what uh, God is wanting us to see in in terms of what, what he wants to accomplish in us during this season. Isaiah 41, verse 8. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and cast not thee away. Fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. And they that strive with thee shall perish. How many of y'all know he's already given us the victory? Thou shalt seek them and shall not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold your right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and you men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, 
I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small, and make the hills as a shaft. So that's what God is uh, wanting to do in us in this season. Now let's identify with that even further in what God is doing. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1. So God is transforming us into new sharp threshing instruments with teeth. And we found out that he's making us dangerous to the devil. You have to see yourself that way. That's what he's doing during this season. He's bringing us into a new levels of divine power, of divine grace, and of divine mercy. As we begin to see ourselves as he sees us. Galatians chapter 1. Can I get that? And Paul writes here, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and call me by his grace. So everything that we're going to receive from God in terms of the transformation is by grace. And this is the purpose. To reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Paul says, I, immediately I, I conferred not with flesh and blood. So we're being transformed, the Bible says, into God's weapons that he might reveal his son in us, that he might show us everything that he has accomplished in us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and our faith in him. God wants us to begin to understand that he wants to reveal the Christ in us. He wants us to see and understand readily that we are truly new creatures in Christ Jesus. That nothing created can hold us back. Because God himself has ordained that we walk in divine power as his church in this hour. This is the hour of greatness. This is the hour of divine kickback or pushback. This is the hour when we say enough is enough. This is the hour when we go into the enemy's camp and take back everything that he has stolen. Scripture says when the thief is found, he must return sevenfold. Somebody say amen to that. Everything that he's stolen. So I don't know what you've lost over the years, but you're getting it back. This is your season to get it back. This is your season to walk in the steps that God has ordered. And those steps lead right into God's victory for your life. So hold on and just remember, God is taking us somewhere. We are being transformed into God's weaponry. Instruments of deliverance in his mighty hand. 
But a Holy Ghost, a strong Holy Ghost-fueled love walk is something that hell cannot comprehend and it cannot overcome. Our teaching the next couple of weeks is going to be on God's love. God's love. Uh, everything that God's been teaching us, telling us about how, what he's done for us through Christ, those things are not readily manifested in our lives without a strong love walk. Love, God's love, is the most powerful force in all the universe. It is important that the child of God realize that our love walk propels us into everything that God has for us when we recognize its importance. Now I'm going to um, read... 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the whole chapter. Amen. And I'm going to read out of the NIV. And it says here, Paul writes, If I speak with the tongues of men, or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. In other words, I'm just making a lot of noise if I'm not walking in love. I can speak with the tongues of men and angels. I can pray in tongues all night long. But if I'm not walking in love, I'm just making a lot of noise in the mind of God. He says here in verse 2, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Man. That means that I can develop my faith to where I can speak to mountains and they can move. But God says, in his mind, if I'm not walking in love, it's nothing. That's what he says. If I give all, if I, give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love I gain nothing mm. I think one translation said if I give my body to be burnt but if I'm not walking in love the Bible says I gain nothing then he goes on to kind of give a definition of what love looks like Love is patient. 
Love is kind. It does not envy. And it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Somebody needs to write that down. (laughs) Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Verse 8 says, love never fails. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they shall cease or they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesied in part. But when completeness comes, what is part disappears. Paul says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. And I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things behind me. For now we only see a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, then shall we know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. Now, you know, Jesus is our example. His life and the way he lived is the example that God has given us of what real divine love looks like. But the person that comes to my mind that I came in contact with in my life that walks in that walked in divine love was Pastor Goodluck. Yeah. He loved God and he loved people. He um taught me a lot of things by example. And uh, I remember times me and him would be in the office and he'd be counseling me and telling me certain things. And Pastor Goodluck would share things with me about how people would hurt him and say things about him. And we just talk about it and I feel my flesh rising up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Amen. Amen. My flesh will be rising up. And he said, he he Pastor, 
you got to love them. You you have to love them. No matter what they do, no matter what they say, you have to love them. And he taught me so much about that. About the necessity of it. And uh, he walked in it. He just did. And he demonstrated it to me. And... um, but where he got that love from was from God. Anything that we get that is divine, we get it from God. Amen? And um, he understood that. Um, that's why I want to talk about God's love. I want to uh, focus on God's love during these series of teachings because it's his love. It all comes from him. He is the source of it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Is this clock right up here? Yeah, it is right. (laughs) Amen. Matthew 5, I'm going to go slow, verse 43. And this is the Lord Jesus talking. He says, you have heard that it had been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor, but hate your enemy. But I say unto you. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. He says, that's what I say to you. He says, in the Old Testament, it was different. He said, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Verse 45, that you may be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now, He was preaching to a multitude at that time. But nobody in that multitude had the the ability to do that. Only Jesus could do that at that time. Because at that time, only God could love that way. At that time. They had not been born again. They had not the capacity to do it, to love that way, to love their enemies. 
to bless those that cursed them. They didn't have the spiritual wherewithal to do that. Because we can't do it in our own strength. Now we need to, we need to focus on that because <clears throat> if we want to possess what God wants us to possess, and we're going to go through some, some more scriptures, probably not tonight, but we have a commandment to love. Yeah. We have a commandment to love. So, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to need the power of the Holy Ghost. We must get a revelation that we are powerless without the Holy Spirit. Everything that Jesus told those people to do, they were powerless to do it at that time because they did not have the Holy Ghost. That's why it's so important to be born again. Once you get born again, once you receive the Holy Spirit, now you have the spiritual wherewithal to enter into the supernatural. And trust me, to love your enemy takes the supernatural power of God. You can't do it in your own strength. You're going to have to draw from that which was, which was within. You're going to have to trust in the one who has empowered you to live the Christian life. You know, one of my prayers that I pray to, pray to God all the time, I cannot live this Christian life without you. I just can't. I cannot live this Christian life without I need you, Jesus. On a moment-by-moment moment basis. I think the more we recognize that, the more we become, become dependent on, on him for that type of power, the more of the treasures he will release to us. The more of the inheritance we will see. Be, being manifested in our lives. All the blessings are ours. All the spiritual blessings are ours in Christ Jesus. But in order for those blessings to manifest in our lives, God has to be able to trust us. Amen. And one of the ways that he uh, is able to trust us is when we begin to walk in divine love. We are bankrupt. We are absolutely nothing we have absolutely nothing of value to give without God's power. I'm going to say that again as I wrote this down. And the reason I believe God wants had me to write this down is because we need to get a revelation of this. We are bankrupt. We have nothing of ourselves. We have absolutely nothing of value to give without God's power. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Let's go there. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, 
nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Anything that we do, we need God's power and grace to do it, including demonstrating his love. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus illustrates that even more in chapter 15 of John. Let's go there. John chapter 15. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. Jesus is the vine. Amen. No more can you except you abide in me constantly. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Somebody needs to underline that. Without me, he says, you can't do anything. God is our only source of love. He's the only source. Somebody said, well, you're being repetitive. Yeah, I'm on purpose being repetitive because we need to recognize that without him, these things that we're talking about walking in this kind of power, this kind of love is impossible. And we're going to be dependent, particularly in the days we're living in now. The world has lost its mind. How many of y'all know that? The little mind they had, they done lost it. And in order to love people that you come in contact with now, it takes a supernatural love of God. It just does. Some of the things that you see, some of the things that you hear coming out of their mouth, some of the things that they're doing, and some of the things that they will do to you, it's going to require God's love. My wife tells me that all the time. You have to love, Roy. Because some of the things you see, man, on TV now, I don't know. But it takes the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? He's our example. We get that type of love from him. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. I don't know about you, but I want, I want the fullness of what God has for me in this life. But I can't experience it, even though it's my covenant right to experience it, without walking in divine love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, 
So it starts with us loving one another. Amen. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So the Bible says, love comes from God. Agape love is found only in God. Agape love is the love that God possesses. And it is supernatural. We stated that. Agape love is unconditional. Puts no conditions on it. Agape love, God's love, cannot fail. We saw that in 1 Corinthians. And again, we're stressing the fact, and tonight we're just laying a foundation. We're stressing the fact that that love can only be received from God because he's the source. Only God's born-again people have this type of love. Galatians 5 and 22. Do I have that? There we go. Now, when you got born again, when I got born again, we were given the fruits of the Spirit from God by the power of the Holy Spirit. So everything that, in terms of fruit, we possess it. It's ours. It's uh, been downloaded in our reborn spirit. But that fruit has to be developed. Okay? It's there, but in order to release it, it has to be developed, and we have to learn how to release it on purpose. So we have to understand that if I say out of my mouth, I can't love that person, actually I'm lying, I can't. Because I have the love of God on the inside of me. I have the agape love of God in my reborn spirit so I can potentially walk in it if I walk in the spirit. That makes sense? So the Bible says, for the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. So the first one is love. Let's us know how important it is. Now, the other kind of love that people talk about, and we want to touch on that as I close tonight, is natural love, human love, eros. It's a uh, natural love that human beings have. They call it brotherly love, which can only go so far. It does not have the ability to love the unlovable. It'll just go so far because it, it's uh, derived from human nature and human emotions. It's fleshly. And it won't work in terms of us Glorifying God. 
Let's go to John chapter 15. Let's look at something there and I'll close there. Like I said, we're just laying a foundation tonight. So we want to focus, first of all, during these teachings, especially tonight, that I cannot love God, I, I can't love people in my own strength. I need God's power. Now it says here in verse 12 of chapter 15 of John, this is my commandment, this is Jesus talking, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love had no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. So Jesus says, greater love has no man than this, than he would lay down his life for his friends. Human love cannot do that. I mean, it, it, it can try to do that, but it can't really do that. Human love, like I say, it will only take you so far. Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a commandment to love. But at the same time, I'm giving you the power to do it. I'm giving you the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to do the impossible. But we have to draw upon it. So what we learn tonight is that the love that God requires us to use can only come from him. So I got to be dependent upon him to release it. I got to be dependent upon him to love people through me. Amen. We can do it because he said we can do it. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. Father God, we thank you tonight for the precious Holy Spirit. He is the one that gives us divine strength to do the things that you ask us to do. In this dark world that we're living in, he is the only light. He is the revealer of all those Wonderful things that the new birth has given to us. And one of those things, Father, is supernatural agape love that you placed on the inside of us. You have said that we can have all this great faith, that we can move mountains, but if we do not demonstrate your supernatural agape love, we're nothing. We can understand prophecies and have all this spiritual revelation. But if I don't love my brother, I'm doing nothing. So tonight, Lord God, as we study along these lines during the coming weeks, we pray, Lord God, that you will show us how important walking in your love is. That it's not just a, a trivial teaching, but it is a powerful teaching that will take us to the next level 
that will transform us, O oh God, into new sharp threshing instruments with teeth. That you will use us, O oh God, as weapons in your kingdom for your kingdom glory as we walk in the love of God just like Jesus did when he walked the earth. He prayed for those when he was on the cross who were crucifying him. May we demonstrate that same type of love and compassion by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.